0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church located in Elk Point, South Dakota. If you turn to the the book of Romans this morning, Romans chapter number 3, Romans, chapter number three, we've been preaching through the book of uh, Romans uh, on Sunday mornings. We've uh, taken a, a break uh, here and there, but we've been kind of preaching through Romans. Um, we're going to continue that today. Uh, man, the Lord is so good. I was even, I was sharing with uh, Cambry uh, the other day and just, uh, this goes for all of us, but I was thinking about how that God, uh, God, the way the Lord works is that God, of course, you know, Long story short, allowed our family to come here uh, to Elk Point, uh, called us here, sent us here. We're here by God's choice. Uh, and then just a couple years ago, God sent Cambry uh, and her family to live here in Elk Point and just happened to be just, just about kitty corner across from where we live at, uh, kitty wampus for some of you, um, and uh, moved into our, the, old, the house that we had just moved out of actually became friends. Uh, And it's just so cool. Then, you know, as I was telling Cambry, so you and Natalie become friends. And then then Kim comes here and then is able to take the kids to youth camp and she gets saved. And it's just cool when you think about the way that God works. Uh, Man, the Lord is so good. And so I appreciate that. Appreciate the Lord's will. Amen. It's not just that things happen. Uh, God's hand works and moves. And so we're so thankful for that. Uh, Romans chapter number three this morning. I want to begin reading uh, in verse number 21. Matter of fact, I think I may just begin by reading verse 21. The Bible says, but now. Now I just got to stop right there and just emphasize that a little bit. But now. those don't seem like the most powerful words that you've ever read when you just read them we say but how many times a day Uh, now as well but now but we'll mention a thing or two about how powerful uh those two words are in just a moment but the bible says there verse 21 but now the righteousness of god without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets Uh, We'll go ahead and read a little bit more here. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Uh, And girls, what's verse 23? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him, which believeth in Jesus. And we'll stop reading right there. And I want to preach on this simple thought this morning, good news, good news, good news. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us this morning, dear Lord, to uh, get a grasp of these truths that are familiar to many of us, dear Lord. But may our familiarity, God, not help us to miss uh, the powerfulness of uh, the truths that are in these verses, Lord. Thank you for this good news. And we uh, bless you for that. And I pray that if there's anyone who has has yet to receive and truly accept this good news today, dear Lord, that they would do so before this service is over. Thank you for saving Cambry. God, I pray that we'll see more saved. And if there's anybody that's not saved, I pray they'll be saved uh, again in this service today. And help us that are saved, dear Lord, to rejoice in these truths, to get an eternal perspective, and to share these truths with others this good news, and we'll thank you for what you do, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I want to preach a little bit about the good news this morning. The good news, that's actually what gospel means. Good news. And uh, we could use some good news, couldn't we? And I'm glad we have some good news today. There's plenty of bad news going on. Again, for weeks now, we've been carefully considering the first three chapters of the book of Romans, which in short declare our sin and subsequent guilt before a holy God. Uh, The wrath of God it speaks of in those early verses. Uh, It's a dark but a vital and sobering truth with which man, thus charged, must agree. We must agree indeed that there is none righteous, no not one. We must agree that indeed we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if people can get far enough to admit that, that's a big step. But one of the things that people have a hard, st- hard time doing is maybe taking that a step further and saying, because of that sin, there is consequences, there is judgment, and ultimately there is a literal place called hell, a literal fire burning hell that if we uh, do nothing uh, as far as our relationship with Christ goes, folks, we will have to face the, con- the sad consequences for eternity of our sin course, the good news is that Jesus paid the price, amen? And so therefore, we can accept him by faith uh, and be saved by the grace of God. These, these We begin by emphasizing, but now, uh, just as great doors swing on very ordinary, relatively small hinges, so dramatic changes in scripture often hinge upon this very common word. In other words, if... Romans just ended here before we got to verse 21. It would be feeling pretty hopeless. Sin- the, 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 the heathen are lost and accountable. The, Gent- the, the Gentiles as well as the Jews are lost and accountable. All of mankind are lost in their sin and accountable to a holy God. And if it just ended right there, that would not be good news. But now... That's where the hinge, that's where this great door of grace opens up before us. And that's what we're opening up to here in the book of Romans. It's a great swing. See, there's been a black picture that's been painted of human sin up to this point. How heavy are those storm clouds that are in the sky? How fearful the lightning flashes of the wrath of Almighty God? I mean, it's just uh, stormy, and it's dark, and it looks terrible, but all of a sudden on the horizon, breaking through the eastern sky, you can see a ray of light and the sun uh, beginning to break through, and that's what this truth is. It, it, it brightly shines through. It it, it brightly uh, opens up and shows us something about some hope and something about peace. See, a lot of people believe that the message of salvation that we preach, we were speaking about this on Sunday School, it's interesting how that has been turned around in our culture to almost act as if the message of salvation is a negative message and they would look at us as hateful people for sharing this message but the fact is this is a glorious message this is a needful message and if you love someone number one you're willing to tell them the truth even if that truth may hurt the bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend i mean listen uh the the truth of god's word is that we are all sinners We must admit that. We must come to terms with that. But also the truth is Jesus paid the penalty for that sin. There's a plan of salvation that God reveals. That's the bright light. That's the good news that God gives us. And so what we see is the plan of salvation, number one, the plan of salvation revealed. The plan of salvation revealed. The Bible says it there again in verse 21, but now the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. So he reveals something to us. And by the way, I just got to say here quickly on the very common word, uh, but now in the very common word, but think about Genesis chapter six, verse eight, the Bible talks about how all mankind had turned against God and was walking uh, in their own way. But the Bible says, but Noah. Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And really, Ephesians chapter 2 is a great example uh, and of, of this but that I'm sure that many of you uh, perhaps thought of. But the Bible the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of, of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others you know what those three verses are you could say those three verses are a summation of the first three chapters of Romans they're basically putting us in that same situation but I love verse number four but God but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And, and it goes on. But I'm glad that God reveals his plan of salvation. The, 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 the theological term of, for salvation is this, justification by faith. Justification by faith. The Bible says that we have been justified. And so when we think about what justified means, it means this. It means that he declare, it's the it's the act of God. This is the definition of justification. It is the act of God whereby he declares the believing sinner righteous in Christ on the basis of the finished work of Christ on the cross. I'll read that one more time. Justification, here's what salvation is, the act of God whereby He declares the believing sinner righteous in Christ on the basis of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Each part of this definition is important. Number one, it says this, it is the act of God. It's not a process. There are no degrees of justification. In other words, there's not degrees of salvation. Uh, one person isn't a little bit more saved than the other, and we're not in some, you know, uh, program that's leading us along these steps to where once we complete it, we'll be fully saved, but now we're, this one's a little saved, that one's a little bit more saved, that one's not so much. Listen, it is an act. Salvation, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, folks, it is at that moment that we are justified. Amen. It is an act of God. It is Salvation is not a process. Amen. That's important. But notice this. It is the act, but it's also the act of God. It's something that God does and not man. Now bear with me. I'll give you in a moment the fact that man must believe. Uh, That's our part. But God does everything in terms of salvation. We must simply accept the gift of salvation. So when I'm saying God does it, Uh, we're not preaching an an erroneous doctrine here that that some would say that he just forces some to be saved and forces others uh, not to be. We're not saying that, but what we're saying is it's the act of God. No sinner can justify himself before God. And when I say sinner, I mean man, because that's what we all are, no person. Uh, But that he declares us righteous. Now this is is interesting. It, It does not say that God makes us righteous. This is important. He declares us to be righteous. Now before you want to argue with me, I've got to stop and say, I know you, so don't even try it. Okay? Amen. He declares us to be righteous. Positionally, in Christ, we are righteous. Legally, before God, we are righteous. Why? Because God puts the righteousness of Christ on our record. So now, the way we're saved, the way we stand before God, is not because of what we've done, it's what Christ has done. Okay, so he declares us to be righteous, so he puts Christ's record in our place, Christ goes in our place, that's really what it's talking about, by the way, later on in Romans chapter number 8, when the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's literally saying, if God is in our stead, if he's the one, in other words, if we're standing being accused of sin, who among us can say, I'm not guilty? We must all admit our guilt. So the accuser, the Bible says, is the devil. That's actually what Satan means, the accuser. The accuser is Satan. And so he comes and accuses us. Guess what? We just got to say, you know, he's, he's, he's telling the truth. But here's what salvation does. Salvation takes us out from under the spotlight. Salvation takes us out of the witness box, as it were, and Christ comes and sits in our place. And so now where we once sat, Christ sits, and Satan tries to accuse us, but Christ is in our stead, so obviously the accusations aren't going to hold up. See, turning over a new leaf does not bring about salvation because turning over a new leaf does nothing about your past sins. I used this illustration a couple of weeks ago, but if I owed you a sum of money and came to you and said, uh, hey, I, I know that I owe you all this money, uh, I'm not going to pay you, but don't worry, I don't plan to borrow anymore." Matter of fact, I may just call the bank Monday and tell them that. Listen, I owe you this amount of money for the mortgage, um, I, wanna, I want you to know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to pay that, but don't worry, I'm not going to borrow anymore either. In other words, I'm not going to sin anymore, which, of course, is, is, is an impossibility in of itself. That's what people are saying when they turn over a new leaf. But Wells Fargo would look at me and say, uh, wait a second. There's this issue of the money you've already, that you already owe. That's got to be paid. Every sin you've ever committed has got to be accounted for. Turning over a new leaf does not make those old sins go away. Uh, it does not at all. And so... A person cannot justify themselves in the eyes of God is the point that I'm trying to make. Now, don't confuse this. There's, there's justification, then there's sanctification. All right? You may, don't get the two mixed up. Sanctification is a process. Justification is an act. The moment I trusted Christ, I became a saint. My sins were forgiven. I was righteous in Christ. The Bible says that he took my sins. He gave me his righteousness. But sanctification changes from day to day. Justification never changes. When the sinner trusts Christ, God declares him righteous, and that declaration will never be repealed. God never looks on us and deals with us as though... Uh, we are sinners, now the fact that we are saved, He deals with us as if we had never sinned at all. And that's a good way to remember a good definition of what the justification on our end. It means that we are placed in Christ, just, justified, just if I'd never sinned. And I think that helps you if you've got a southern accent, you know, just if, just if I'd never sinned, justified. Um, but there's a couple things about this. Number one, it's scriptural. Notice what the Bible says in verse 21. The Bible says it's scriptural. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Folks, the New Testament is not against the Old Testament. They go together. His God revealed his righteousness in many ways before the revelation of the gospel. His law, his judgments against sin, his appeals through the prophets, his blessings on the obedient. And I want to say one more thing. Do not miss the grace of God in the Old Testament. Do not miss it. Uh, I mean. You know, I I shared this a number of times recently, but but the fact that God told them to destroy everyone in Canaan's land, we have an illustration of this. Somebody says, how could God do this? Did you know that man has a responsibility? There's a, a lady by the name of Rahab in Canaan's land that heard about this. Guess what? She feared God. She wanted to turn to God. God didn't say, nope, sorry, because you know what God does? You turn to the Lord, praise God, He'll forgive you. He's he's always been rich in mercy. He's always been rich in compassion. And so all those people in Canaan's land could have repented just like Rahab did, but they refused. They refused. They decided to fight instead and so forth. Methuselah, the oldest man in the Bible, is a picture of grace. Upon his death, it will come. What will come? The flood. God let that man live longer than anybody in the history of mankind. Why? God was giving people a chance to repent and turn, but they wouldn't. And so God has always been a merciful God, and He revealed this as well as His judgments and holiness in the Old Testament. Never apologize and act like God was different in the Old Testament. He deals with us differently in in the New Testament on the basis of what Jesus did, but He's always been the same God. He's always been a God of grace. He's always been a God of mercy. and so uh his blessing uh that he has in the gospel there's a the, the righteousness has been revealed uh that is of the righteousness of Christ. See the law itself reveals the righteousness of God because the law is holy and good. The Bible says in Romans 7:12 beginning at Genesis 3:15 folks. And continuing through the entire Old Testament, witness is given to salvation by faith in Christ. Genesis 3.15, the Lord said all the way back then to to Adam. He let him know, and he said to, uh, to Satan and to Eve and to Adam, but he said how that the seed of woman would bruise the head of the serpent. So in Genesis 3.15, there is a prophecy of Jesus coming and defeating Satan on the cross, all the way back there. So the the Old Testament sacrifices, the prophecies, the types, uh, the great gospel scriptures of the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, Genesis, or I'm sorry, Psalm 22, all bore witness to Christ. The law could witness to God's righteousness. It just could not provide righteousness for sinful man only Jesus could provide that righteousness so what I'm saying is this old the the good news the gospel is scriptural all the way back through the Old Testament but I wanna say not only is it scriptural but it's also suitable notice verse 22 the Bible says even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference faith how many of you know this Faith is as good as its object. You've heard me say that before. There may be someone even among us today. I don't know. But I'll hear people sometimes. It's a pretty common conversation that somebody takes confidence in the fact that they have faith. I'm a person of faith. I have faith. That leads to a very logical question. What's the question? In what exactly? In what? The sad thing is, a majority of people that I've heard say that throughout the years, guess what they have faith in? Their faith. Faith is only as good as its object. You had faith this morning if you got up this morning and drank water. Uh, If you drank a glass of water, and if you didn't, I'll talk to you later. I'm called the water boy around our house. Hey, Amen. Did you drink your water? Uh, I'm all about water. Uh, but you took some faith when you drank that water. If you took, no, so you had faith uh, when you took a drink. Dana just had, she got thirsty when I talked about water and took a drink. I saw her. Uh, but look, she took a drink. She had faith to do that. You can have all the faith that you want to in water. But if there's something wrong in that water, guess what? You can have faith if you want to, but it's, it, could, it could make you ill. Uh, if it's poisoned or, you know, tainted or whatever like that. Um, so then you got in your vehicle. You put faith in your vehicle, most of you, and drove to church. And how many of you know that took a lot of faith for some of us? Amen? Uh, you put faith in your vehicle to go someplace. But see, faith is only as good as its object. I've got faith in my vehicle that's going to get me to church. Well, it may not, right? It's only as good as its object. So, it's, so the, the point that I'm trying to make is, if you've got faith in your car to drive to California uh, and back again, uh, it's not that you have great faith, it's that you've got a great car is the point that I'm trying to make, right? Yeah. You came down and you said, I have faith in that chair that you uh, plopped yourself down in this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, listen, maybe, I know y'all, none of y'all probably plopped, but uh, that you sat yourself down in this morning, you had faith in that chair. Uh, but if you if you did the same thing on a cord- cardboard box, faith is only as good as its object. Is the point that I'm trying to make? It's not how great your faith is; it's where your faith is at. Amen. See, our faith is to be in Christ, and if my if my faith rests in Christ, my faith it's not that I got great faith; it's that I got a great Savior. Amen? Amen. Right? I mean, that's where it's at. Faith is only as good as its object. If you got faith in your baptism, you can have all the faith that you want to have. I mean, you're not going anywhere. You can have faith in being a good person. You understand what I'm saying? You can have faith in the fact that you believe. Uh, Listen, the Bible says in James 2, verse number 19, that the devils also believe and tremble. Not all faith is saving faith. Not all faith is saving faith. Faith is only saving faith when that faith is placed upon Christ. Totally dependent upon Christ. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Uh, It's Christ and Christ alone. It's not, I'm a good person, but sure, I guess I'll take Christ just in case. It's not, uh, you know, I'll take Christ, and you know what, I better add my baptism and my church membership and my giving and my good person and all that stuff. Listen, we ought to do those things, but our faith is to be in, in, in what Christ accomplished through the work of the cross and His resurrection. That's where our faith is at today. If you're saved, if you have a uh, faith that's going to uh, stand the test of eternity. And so, um, so all men trust in something, many in themselves. But the, right, but, but the Christian trust Christ. Listen, righteousness, uh, the, the gospel righteousness is a gift through faith. Again, some people say they trust in God, but do you have a personal, individual faith in Jesus Christ that saves and justifies? And that's why a lot of times we'll use the terminology, your personal Savior. Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Because what we're trying to get at is this. uh, Yes, uh, the Bible says He's the Savior of the world, but He's the Savior of the world, but he's, He's the Savior of the individual. People must come to Him individually. You are not saved because your mama was saved or your grandma was saved. You are not saved because uh, your your husband or your wife is saved. You are not a Christian for those reasons. Uh, You may have the opportunity to be saved because of their witness, but it's not faith in that. It's faith in Christ. Faith in Christ alone. And, um, And so... Uh, Another great truth, it's suitable. It's suitable because it's by faith, but also it's for all men. I love that, don't you? It's for all men. Uh, The Bible says in verse 22 again, it says, uh, uh, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ unto all, and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, God gave His law to the Jews, but... The good news of salvation through Christ is offered to all men. He gave his gospel through the Jews, but it's not exclusive to the Jews. All men need to be saved. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Bible says, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, Romans' uh, version of that is, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many people have sinned? Well, all those people, whoever it is that sin, their sins has been provided. Uh, Redemption has been provided. Grace is provided. Salvation is offered to all who have sinned. God declared all men guilty so that he might offer to all men his free gift of salvation. So we see, uh, we we see number one, the plan of salvation revealed. Uh, We see number two, that God's plan of salvation is righteousness. By the way, I know that feeling that some of you just got. Because I sit there where you sit, and you're just like, wait, did he just say point one? <laughs> Does that mean he's got another one and one after that? Uh, but believe me, you know how I do if I if, if I need to, I can just stop, amen? But, but God's plan of salvation is righteousness. Notice verse 24. Uh, the Bible says in verse 24, "...being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." So, by grace, God in His mercy does not give us what we deserve. And, God's, and God in grace gives us what we do not deserve. Uh, it's cool. The Greek word translated freely in verse 24 is translated in John 15 25 as without a cause. Without a cause. I think that's pretty cool. Just, justified without a cause. It wasn't something that I did. It was simply the love and the grace of God He initiated. He moved toward mankind because mankind could not, in their blindness and depravity, move toward God. So there's no cause in us that would merit salvation. God simply looks at us and He loves us. I mean, it's inexplicable, but He loves us. Amen? No matter what mankind has said, no matter what He's done, and again, it's upon all and unto all that believe. And that's why I say it doesn't matter. Amen? It doesn't matter what somebody has done. It doesn't matter what somebody has said. I'm glad that God can save anybody. Aren't you? And I'm glad that's why, I mean, listen, that's why it's such a blessing that we can proclaim this to the world. Jesus said, go and tell every creature. Uh, Somebody said it this way, every creature needs a preacher, amen? Every person needs to hear the gospel. Everyone needs to have an opportunity. Why? Because God can save all. I am so glad that there is not an ethnic group that you go to share the gospel with, and they say, oh, I'm from this background, and then you have to stop and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. I apologize, this is not for you. I'm glad that there, listen, I'm glad, I'm glad that when it comes, uh, I mean, man, the, 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 uh, the, the homosexuality and, 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 the, and the sodomy, that, uh, you know, it's, I'd say that it's permeating our land, but I'd just say the acceptance of it is permeating our land. Uh, the, uh, the glorification of it is, uh, is, 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 is in our country in a big way. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, we, we know that we do not accept that lifestyle at all. Why? Because God doesn't. But we know something else. Uh, God does love that individual. Therefore, guess what? We love that individual. We want to reach that individual. And we don't look at somebody and they say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm this way or that way. And we say, oh, I'm sorry. Never, Never forget what I told you then. Give me that gospel track back. No, I'm glad that there's not a person. And have you ever done that? If you witness to people, you you will get this. And by the way, if you're a witness to people, amen, amen. Talk to people about the Lord. But if you do that, you're going to have somebody say to you, "Yeah, but you don't know what I've done, or or I'm this, or I believe that, or whatever else it might be." I'm glad that you can. Look, you don't even have to flinch. You can look at them. De- you can look at them dead in their God-given eyeballs and say, "I don't know, and I don't care what you've done, but God does, and He loves you, and He can forgive you." Amen. amen. I don't care who you are, what you've done, what you've said, and I'm glad that God's grace is just that way. A story is told of a widow many years ago who was desperately searching for food for her sick child in the dead of winter. As she walked uh, through the city, she came by the palace and she saw the royal greenhouse that was full of fresh fruit and, and vegetables and, and the princes, uh, the benevolent princes noticed her. And she cut, a ba- she cut a bunch of fruit and food and she filled a basket and she brought it out to the widow. And the widow offered to pay with just a little bit of change that she had in her purse. But the princess replied and said this, My father's a king. He's too rich to sell. He's too rich to sell. And she said this, And you're too poor to buy. And is that not how it stands with us before God? God's too rich to sell it, and we're too poor to buy it. Amen? But God gives it to us freely. He gives to all freely. And that's what the Bible says here. That's the great, great message of salvation. Look at there again in verse 24. Being justified freely. Freely by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful blessing. Salvation is given freely. No charge. At a great cost, but freely. That's right. It's not cheap. See, three words express the price that God paid for our salvation, and they're all found right here in uh, verses 24 through 25. One is propitiation, the other's redemption, and the last one is, uh, is blood. That's perhaps not mentioned specifically, but it is uh, alluded to here. Uh, in human terms, propitiation means appeasing someone who is angry. But that's not exactly what it means in in biblical terms. It means satisfying of God's holiness, of His holy law, meeting the demands of God's holy law. God can freely forgive those who come to Christ. But the word blood tells us of the price that was paid. On the cross. So, in other words, what was the price of this redemption? What was the cro- the price of this propitiation? The Old Testament illustrates it day uh, day day in and day out. It illustrates it time and time again. In Leviticus 16, for instance, there's the, the ceremony on the Jewish Day of Atonement, to where there were two goats presented at the altar. One of them was chosen for a sacrifice. That goat was slain, and its blood was taken into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled on the mercy seat. Which, by the way, you want to know something interesting? The word propitiation is the word mercy seat. And that's where the blood was offered uh, on, uh, back in the Old Testament in the temple and in the tabernacle. That, that golden cover was, that was on the Ark of the Covenant was the, the mercy seat. This sprinkled blood covered the two tables of the law inside the ark, and then the shed blood uh, met temporarily the righteous demands of the law. Then the priest would then put his hands on the head of the other goat, two goats, and confessed the sins of the people. Then the goat was taken out into the wilderness and set free to symbolize the carrying away of sins. Psalm 103 verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So, and that of course was the scapegoat, the scapegoat. He bore the sins, he was carried away, never to return, amen? And that's the picture of what atonement does, of what propitiation and redemption does. One had to die, one had to be carried away, and Jesus accomplished both of those things on the cross. The blood of animals never took away the sins, but it was temporarily. It was a temporary solution until Jesus would come and and, and offer redemption. And redemption is a purchase, a, a, a purchasing of the sinner to set him free. It's manumission. Manumission is uh, to uh, purchase a slave or do something for a slave in order to set them free. And so this uh, freedom, this redemption that we have had to be a price paid. And the only price that could save us, set us free, put us right with God was the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why verses 25 and verse 26, um, the Bible says, in whom... He hath God has set forth to be a propitiation, oh, there it is, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. And the forbearance of God speaks of the fact that God would cover the sins temporarily based on animal sacrifices. But notice verse 26: to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. In other words, he's saying this. That God was just. God loves sinners, but He couldn't just say, you know what, I know you're all sinners, but I'm going to let you into heaven anyway because He's a holy God. But the way He can do that is by making sure the the penalty of sin is paid for. That's how He's just, and He's also justified uh, in uh, saving people. And then He just, a couple things I'll give you here quickly verses 27 through 31. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Uh, by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. I was watching this morning about a dude that uh, went hiking down in, uh, was it Kila? It was on the big island and it was around the, the active volcanoes down in Hawaii. Um, well, he was, and he went out at night by himself uh, because you could see the lava better that way, right? It was more glorious and everything. Uh, the dummy didn't tell nobody where he was going and all these other things you're supposed to do before you do this stuff. Um, but, and he didn't take water or food because he thought he's going to be right back. Uh, but anyway, uh, he didn't take his little Bear grills kit with him. I don't know what he was doing. But um, here's the thing. Um, he, he ended up being out there for close to a week. Uh, and uh, he would try to get attention to helicopters. Long story short, finally he figured out that in his little camcorder after like five days, he thought, oh, maybe I got something reflecting in here. And instead of recording myself all the time, maybe I can get it. I don't mean to be critical of the guy, bless his heart. But my, <laughs> but my point is this. Finally, he got the attention of a helicopter and they stopped and they saved him. Do you think this man was bragging? No. Where is boasting then? You know what his boasting was in? His boasting was in the people that saved him, not in himself. Yeah. He was not thinking, oh man, I did so great and all that. I'm sure he was probably because he was actually, the funny thing was is he had he had hiked all over the world, this guy, in all kinds of places. He was probably pretty ashamed of, how, of, of this happening to him. He wasn't proud of it. My point is, if you're saved by God's grace, where's boasting? Our boasting, our glory, it's all in Christ, isn't it? Hey, we ought to, we ought to brag every stinking day of our lives but our bragging should be all about Jesus. Amen. And that bragging in turn does not make me better than anybody because it's not about me. It's, I mean, I'm the idiot out there that couldn't, didn't know what to do. I'm the idiot out there that was lost without any hope and hallelujah. Jesus saved me. Amen. Jesus saved my soul. And so I can't boast in myself, but I can boast. In other words, uh, God's plan is reasonable. And that's the last point. It eliminates human pride. It eliminates human pride. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should. So it's not of ourselves. If you are proud and you are boastful, you need to check up. You need to really check up on your salvation. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, Here's what he says. Where is boasting? Then it's excluded. But notice this, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. and, and verse 29, Is He God of the Jews only? Is He not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Here's something else. It eliminates human pride. It eliminates human prejudice. We've already spoken about that. Um, some of us, may, you, you may have some kind of ingrained prejudice, but you need to lose that prejudice. Yeah. Right. I don't care. Listen, I've said this before. I don't care how robed and covered and whatever else is somebody you may see out in public is, how Muslim they look, how whatever else they look we're not prejudiced against that person. We want to reach that person with the gospel. That doesn't mean that we don't know what Islam is and the danger of Islam, but if we really know what Islam is, that ought to make us uh, have some compassion toward these people that are under the bondage of Islam. Muslims are getting saved at a a pretty high rate in the world today. Do you know that? Uh, They really are. uh, Not at the rate that we'd like to see, but I've got friends in Sioux Falls and in Africa that are reaching out to these people uh, because because it's such a glorious message. Amen? Do not allow any prejudice. To interfere. All those people are good for nothing. Uh, Yeah, and who are you exactly? Uh, So anyway, so so, so God's plan of salvation eliminates human pride. It eliminates human prejudice. Lastly, it eliminates human presumption. In other words, uh, do we then make void the law uh, through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. In other words... A presumption is, uh, oh, so that means that, uh, that since it's by grace, the law, the law no longer matters, or the truth or principles no longer matter. No, it eliminates all those things. God's plan of salvation. Let's all stand. Good news. Amen? Good, good news. What's the good news? The Lord loved us enough to redeem us, to save us, to forgive us of our sins. And I want to say to you today that if you're here and you are not saved by God's grace, I'm not asking you today if you have faith. The Bible literally says that the demons of hell have faith in Christ. That's what it says. The Bible says the devils also believe. The devil himself believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried for three days, and rose again on the third day. Satan himself believes that. Does him no good whatsoever. Because it's not an intellectual assent. And Sonia, if you wouldn't mind coming. It's not an intellectual acknowledgment. Folks, it, 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 it's it's putting your heart, your faith, your trust, it is putting your entire soul in the hands of Jesus and your trust in what he did. It's not about you. It's not about your religion, it's not about your belief, it's about who are you trusting in. So if you don't know the Lord today, if you're not sure, is the salvation wonderful? I tried to preach, you know, Romans three, and you can go really in depth with a lot of these words and meanings and everything. But I'm so glad at the same time it can be preached to the the extent that Cambry can understand it simply and be saved. Amen? And one of the wonderful things about salvation is, Cambry, you are just as saved now as I am. And I've been saved 20-something years. You're just as much a child of God, just as saved. You have access to all the blessings, the peace, the promises, the power uh, that is in God. Isn't that wonderful? But if you're here today and you're not saved, I pray you'll come to the Lord today before it's everlasting too late.